Welcome to the Trap Shooters United podcast. I am your host and owner, Joe Brumfield. I created this to help share, showcase, and support this amazing sport by talking to shooters, vendors, parents, and companies. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Trap Shooters United or like us on Facebook. This episode is fueled by Fioki, high-quality ammunition manufactured right in the heart of America with locations in Ozark, Missouri and Little Rock, Arkansas. I choose Fioki because it's loaded in the USA and has extremely light recoil while still crushing targets. But you may be thinking to yourself, Joe, why should I believe you? You're just a mediocre weekend shooter. And you know what? Point taken. Even though I am the Event 12 Graffin Sons Class D doubles champion, let me find someone with a lot more credibility. Hey everyone, this is Shelby Skaggs, ATA All-American, Oklahoma Trap Shooting Hall of Fame member. In our sport, being consistent is the key to success. Fioki's line of shotgun ammunition is second to none in this regard. Proven by my 772 straight in the singles competition during the 2022 Grand American, experience the Fioki difference. If you're like me, customer service is at the top of the list when it comes to buying anything. Combine that with the lowest prices and highest trade-in values, Michael Gooch with Indiana Gun Club is without question the number one choice for your next gun. With one of the largest new and used inventory selections in the country, Indiana Gun Club will have the right gun for you. If you're looking to buy your first competition gun, upgrade out of your current gun, or just simply wanting to add to your collection, Michael Gooch provides a five-star experience every step of the way. Give Michael a call at 317-502-2675 or send an email to gotgunguy43 at yahoo.com. I've personally purchased two guns from Michael, and I guarantee you're going to be treated right. Other sponsors of the podcast include AJ Supplies, Diamond 8 Leather, Herod Insurance, Shamrock Sporting Arms, and Ezox CLP and Gun Care Solution. Welcome to episode 64 of the Trap Shooters United podcast. My guest today is a three-time ATA All-American two-time Pennsylvania State team member, the 2021 ATA Rookie of the Year, Evan Worth. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going good. Uh, we're recording on Thanksgiving, so how was your Thanksgiving so far? Uh, my Thanksgiving was good. was able to bring the whole family together. We we're uh, enjoying our Thanksgiving here in the Outer Banks this year. Uh, I was able to bring my girlfriend along, so uh, it was a pretty good, pretty good Thanksgiving. Awesome. Are you staying down there just for the weekend then, or...? Uh, I was here the whole week. Uh, we usually run a house down here uh, for two weeks, uh, but between work and school, I was only able to do uh, one week this year. Do you guys have any anything specific, um, I guess, planned while you're there? Uh, our first couple of years when we were here, we would just, um, you know, do all the, the stuff, the attractions, and uh We've pretty much done everything. We've been coming down here for like 13 years now. Uh, so we just come down here, relax, and just get to spend quality time with the family. Gotcha. If you if you could, go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how old you are, where you're from, all that fun stuff. All right. So um, I'm, uh, my name's Evan, and I'm from a town called Friendsville, Pennsylvania. Very small town. I'm almost close to the New York border, so people kind of ask me like if I'm in PA or New York resident, but I'm, I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, I started shooting, um, in 2020, 
uh, shot my first round of trap in, uh, in September 2020 and it kind of just took off from there. What got you started in shooting? So my dad used to shoot skeet. Um, I forgot what that big, uh, oh, in Pine Belt. Uh, in Pine Belt, New Jersey, he used to shoot a bunch of skeet down there back in the day with my grandpa. And he would usually shoot like 500 rounds a week. So, I mean, he was, he got pretty good at that. And then when, when the kids came around, the guns kind of got put away for a while. Um, I was always big into Nerf guns, airsoft, and all stuff like that. So, it's like one day he's like, hey, it's like, let's go out and shoot some skis. So, before I started shooting trap, uh, I would I'd shoot ski with my dad all the time, like like once a month after that, whenever he's free. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was a blast. I mean, it was it was great. You can spend time with my dad and shooting and stuff. So that's what kind of got me started in the shooting world. But trap shooting, kind of just like I saw people shooting trap. I'm like, hey, like maybe I'll try it someday. And it kind of just popped off. So how much how much shooting did you do prior to the first time you registered targets? So the only shooting I did prior to registering targets was um, trying to maintain target requirements and stuff so like i would practice like um probably like three times a week i go to different clubs like driving gun club uh silver lake halstead these are all like somewhat local clubs to me so i would go there and try to help other leagues and stuff throughout the winter like because i started september so like december she came around i started a league up in dryden excuse me <laughs> up in uh, dryden and then uh i joined the league at silver lake and then, um, yeah, so I kind of just wanted to just keep shooting, shooting, shooting. I think repetition was the best way to get me started, um, just being so fresh in the game. Um, but, I mean, I found out real quick that singles and handicap were kind of coming along somewhat relatively well, but the doubles, I mean, forget it. When I first started, I was just banging 50s and 60s left and right. Yeah, I mean, because you kind of went, you know, you went knee deep your very first year uh, registering pretty darn close to 12,000 targets. Yep. That, that's, that's quite a bit for, for a first year. So there, at my, um, uh, at my local club, there was a guy named Brad Heath. He's a pretty good shooter from the Northeast. And, um, it was like, it was one night during like the local clubs. He said like, Hey, like you should try to go after like this all American stuff. I'm like, I mean, I just got started into this like a month ago. So, uh, he explained to me, it's like, I, I didn't understand quite the details like specifically, but you kind of told me like the, the seven shoots, like top seven shoots you shoot, like your bigger ones, like your state shoots, zone shoots, or like even like the grand. And so like, I kind of like, I did like all my research. Like I remember spending nights and like just up in my room, I'll come my computer and just like looking at everybody's stats on the AT website. I was like, holy cow, like how people get here. And like, I mean, I, I've done like a bunch of research and stuff. And then I'm like, so I'm like, I made a schedule and, kind of just went to the shoots that I could go to and get points and just see if I can make it my first year. Yeah. You made it your first year and then uh, both years after that. So your first three years of shooting, you made three All-American teams. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So my first year, uh, I, I, I didn't really set any like big goals, um, but everything just kind of started falling in line. Um, my I was I noticed like I, I made the uh, the All American team, and then I was able to make the twenty seven yard line in like three months. Uh, so I got my first punch, I think in Millport almost in the beginning of May, 
And then I got, I took like handicap champion, like the first two days at the uh, Empire Grand in 21. So I got, I was getting punched back. And then uh, the Cardinal Classic, I got like four yards in two days out there um, in 21. So kind of, I mean, I was just flying back. My hardest yardage is probably the uh, 24 yard. It probably took me a month yeah. to get off of that. 20, 24 and 25 seem to be, that's when things start to change you know, visually and everything. Um, I'm showing in New York, you got two and a half yards, Ohio, a yard. And then, um, after, so in August, so that would be the Cardinal classic. Like you said, you got like four, four yards, just boom, boom, boom. You know, you got three yards in one day. It looks like that was, that was, that was on the 200 handicap day. Yeah. So like, uh, that morning it was surreal. Like I was like, I uh, I ch- actually ch- tighten my choke up a bit because I'm like I'm just trying to get off it. So I tighten my choke up. I was usually shooting an improved mob, but I switched to the lightful, and I'm just like might as well just shoot the faster set, faster shell. So I uh, I shot the super handicap double A's, and um, yeah, I I broke the 99. I missed my 23rd target out, and then I shot a 97 in singles the uh in the afternoon, and then. My first time out on the 27, I banged a 97. <laughs> <laughs> kind of honorary punch to just tack it on. Yeah. It was, it was just quite it was so surreal. It just all happened so fast. And then I'm, uh, I heard about the rookie of the year thing. So I just filled out my application and I, I was able to be, uh, honored for that award. So going back to the choke, you mentioned going from the improved mod to the light full. Do you, are you still shooting that light full or have you gone to the full? I, I swear by my light full, my light full, I feel like just patterns perfectly with my super handicaps. Uh, I've tried the full choke, but it's just like a kind of a mental barrier, which stops you. Yep. Um, I, I hit a good amount of my uh, good scores with the light full so I'm, I'm just going to stick it in there. I mean, I, it's, it pounds targets and rolls them inside out, but I mean, I'm afraid to just switch it up and and mess up my scores oh yeah i i love a light full choke myself do you shoot that for singles as well uh so for singles uh my first year and a half two years i was messing around with the improved mod um but i found out that i went to, i went to just modified and i just started banging the same scores with that and i feel like there's always that one little pellet that can save you save yep. you there so i mean i'm sticking with the mod right now for singles and the uh delightful for handicap yeah absolutely I, i'll take him however i can get him and if i that one little pellet gets me that gets the gets me that extra target hey i'm all for it and it's i mean it's and it's even on the east coast i mean i wish they give more credit to the east coast shooters because it is extremely difficult out here i mean you can clearly see the average difference from the east coast to the west coast i mean it's night and day and um I mean, we do, I, we don't get enough credit out here. I mean, trying to shoot good scores in Pennsylvania and New York, it is. I mean, it's it's truly challenging. I, I give much praise to my East Coast shooters. Oh yeah, I mean, you can you can just look at it by the scores. I mean, any any score, let's say like the Pennsylvania State shoot. I mean, one day there might be a ninety-eight or ninety-nine that win the handicap, and the next day a ninety-three or ninety-four might win the handicap, just based off how how windy it is. Yeah. Like we had, um, I mean, we had Ricky Marshall, I mean, Mike Blaisdell, Chris Vandal, I mean, Joe Tarnigo out there at the state shoot this year. And 
there were zero 200s. We had two out-of-state 199s, and that was it. I mean, it's it's truly challenging out here in PA. Absolutely. Uh, let's go back a little bit. Um, what are you doing now as far as college goes? So for college, uh, I, I was shooting out at Lindawood. Um, it, it was a great experience. I mean, they have a great team. Uh, you get to do a lot of good shoots around the year. I mean, I, w- I wasn't um, that big into sporting and skeet, though, but for uh, to make and break it for college, I mean, you really want to start shooting sporting clays because the people that are able to shoot sporting clays seem like they are able to just hit everything. Like, they're able to shoot phenomenal skeet, double skeet, doubles trap, and uh, regular American trap scores. They're just very well-rounded shooters. So it, I came in there, and it was just, I mean... It was very tough, uh, just being strictly trapped and not being able to uh, shoot all three uh, disciplines efficiently. So, are you are you still on the team or no? So, I left Lindenwood um, for the fall semester. I, I decided to leave um, only because I have one more semester left of school. I just wanted to do it cheap back at a community cup back home um, because I'm. I mean, I'm paying for my own shooting too, so it's a uh, it's. Um, between all the expenses, it's just it all adds up. I'm just trying to save up some money. Absolutely. So, what are you? What are you? What are you going to get your degree in? Uh, so I'm majoring in criminal justice. Um, right now, I work at a, as a security guard at a casino up by me, and um, and I'm using that uh, job as like a stepping stone, maybe do something law enforcement wise. Yep. So, what are what are some of the perks of working in a casino? Because I've from what I've been told, employees aren't allowed to gamble. Like, even if you weren't working, you're still not allowed to go there and gamble. So that is true. We aren't allowed to gamble. We're allowed to take tips and stuff. And I mean, that that does help too. Because I mean, when, when it's two in the morning when they're pounding beers, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll fork you some good cash. Yeah. Um, even on Fandle and stuff, like we have a Fandle in our casino and we can't even use Fandle on our phones to gamble. So, I mean, it's it's really strict gambling-wise. I don't know why I think that, maybe because it's a, like a kind of like an insider thing. Um, but, yeah, they, they're they pretty strict on that. So, you can't even use FanDuel? Like, if you're off the clock, you can't use FanDuel? No. So, even if I live, I, I live in Pennsylvania, I work in New York, I can't even, can't even bet. Oh, wow. So, so, can you use, like, DraftKings or other, something other than FanDuel? I'm pretty sure... I think so, but I'm to the point where I just don't want to risk it. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm I'm always curious to like to know like why that rule is. It's like what inside information could you possibly have? Yeah, I mean we don't know anything more than just regular customers. I mean we're just you you just move chips and just escort people. That's about it. Yeah, I mean it's not like you're gonna go up to the blackjack table and just get twenty one each time. Right. Yeah, we can't do that. So, uh, do you have any uh, crazy stories that you had to like throw a guy out or anything? Um, I I've worked there uh, since November first. That was my first day. It was a it was a long process. Um, I remember just calling from, I think it was, the Cardinal Classic this year. When when I mean it was that was April. It took April, May, or not April it was August. Excuse me. It was um, August, September, October, 
and finally November was my first day. So it took a it took a lot of time to get my uh, licenses and stuff to get ready for the uh, the job. Gotcha. So as far as shooting goes, when you first started, um, you had a little incident with a, with a gun. Do you want to kind of touch on that? So uh, when, I, when I first started shooting, I, sp- I started shooting probably the beginning of September. And at the end of September, I had a gun explode in my hand. Uh, it was a reloaded kidney. And I just had the honor of shooting it. Um, the top bar- it was a Stevens 555E. And the, uh, the top barrel shot out like a missile and the bottom barrel dropped down and cut my leg open. Um, the receiver uh, blew right through my left arm and I did go to the hospital and get like 75 stitches to get that fully sewn up. So was this, you said uh, September or so, right? September 28th to be precise. September, so that I have 2020 though, right? Yes. So this was before you even registered a single target. Yeah, so I I believe my first registered was like December tenth or something like that. Yeah. Um. So that was my first registered, but I was just shooting all over, just trying to get targets and just getting, getting comfortable. Yeah. And it was kind of it was kind of a road bump, but I went back out on the range two weeks later. I mean, with my arm still like bandaged up, just to to shoot and feel and not try to develop a flinch. Like I didn't want to just give up and walk away from the game. I just knew from that point on just. To, just an opportunity to get better and stronger yeah so d- have you had any residual effects from that or did you and that you that you kind of work through or are you still kind of dealing with issues from that so there has been times where when you're shooting like 300 rounds a week your arm gets really tired and i have i mean it did tear some of the muscle in my arm and i have i mean Occasionally, I'd get a little bit of a flinch when my arm just jumps, so I'll end up blowing over a target. And it, I mean, it costs me targets, but it's like it's out of my control. There's really nothing that I can do. So it's yeah. like, oh well. I mean, so, but it, it does. It doesn't happen as much as people think. It, it might happen once a shoot, if that. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's probably no more than a typical person would would have like an eye flinch or just a regular flinch or something, you know? Yeah. Um, gun progressions. What, so what did you start shooting with and kind of take me all the way through to what you're shooting now? So I started off, uh, with my dad's 1982 Browning Satori. Uh, it was a 30 inch barrel with just a standard Monte Carlo stock on it. Uh, it was fixed full on the top and fixed improved mod on the bottom. And I shot that, um, up until may uh i did break my first hundred straight in practice with that browning but it, it kicks like a mule and i was like there's no way i could be competitive with this i mean it just beats me up i started i mean i would lose like my right arm would go numb and stuff from just shooting a lot um so that after that i got my Kohler. uh i knew i kind of wanted to go big into this and i decided on getting Kohler. Because uh, Brad Heath also shot a Kohler, so I was able to demo one in my local range. And um, I shot like a thousand rounds or two out of it, and I, I really liked it. It's built like a tank. Um, so I talked to my parents about it and kind of settled down on uh, getting a Kohler. I mean, I although I did not have an opportunity to demo a K80 at the time. So, I mean, I kind of wish I was able to demo more guns. 
and like a sights that would fit me, a Katie that would fit me. But I mean, the color, I mean, clearly it's working fine. So, um, yeah. So I, I got the color in February. I went up to the factory to get the stock custom made. Uh, Jeff Mainland did a phenomenal job on it and kind of getting a tour throughout the factory, you're able to see like all the engraved receivers and stuff. So I kind of went a little bucky crazy getting <laughs> highest grade wood. I got an exhibition Turkish on it. Um, which, and that's, that was custom made. And then I got the, uh, artisan grade, uh, engraving on it, which they, I don't think they make anymore, but it's beautiful. And then. I also got a uh, carrier barrel and sub gauge too for the second shoot, all the gauges. So what was the uh, fitting process like um, at the at the factory with Jeff? So you're there for a whole day with Jeff and he kind of just brings out this uh, this unshootable Kohler. I mean, it's, I mean, it doesn't have a trigger unit and everything. It doesn't have a trigger unit in it. Um, so, I mean, obviously you can look down the barrel and stuff and not worry about anything, but I mean, it opens and closes. Um, and he just has you mounted like a hundred of times and he like kind of like figures out like what size wood you need. I'm a big guy. I mean, I have a long neck, weird build. Um, so I kind of needed a funky piece of wood. I mean, it needed to be a big piece. So, um, we had to look for a piece of wood that would fit me and stuff. And I, I, especially going with like a higher angry wood. It was a little bit difficult to find, but they had some, uh, beautiful pieces in one of the drawers and I picked it up and I mean, we picked several up and we brought them outside, looked out under the sun and I, I had my mom, my mom gave me the, uh, the final came which one to do. So, uh, she kind of picked out my wood and then he, um, got it all fitted and that day. And so it's just a, it's just a whole day of just mounting a gun, just getting, you just I don't know what he does. He just works magic. I know it. I mean, it's, it's truly, uh, it's truly something unique. I mean, Jeff, he was very good at it. So what's the process then? So did you, did you have the gun and then go to the factory or did you, um, you know, pick out the gun and everything right at the factory? So I, well, when I demoed the gun that Brad had, um, it was just, I had to give it back to him that day. So after I demoed it, I just went back to shooting my Browning. Um, but at, when I went to the factory, it's like, I ordered it, this, this, and that. Um, and it took, uh, exactly three months, um, from when I ordered it to me picking it up at the store. Now, where did you pick it up at? Did you pick it up at the factory or did you go through like Elite or someone like that? I just thought uh, they shipped it to an FFL near me. So what, what was the, uh, what was the thought process when you were opening it up for the first time? Oh, it was, it was unreal. I mean, it was like a, I mean, kid in the toy store. Like it was, I mean, I couldn't wait to, I mean, I literally drove like as fast as I could reach the range. And like, I went from uh, my first time shooting doubles with it cause they were shooting doubles there. I, I shot an 87, which I mean, at the time, I mean, I was shooting sixties, my Browning was just like that, just having a fitted gun had brought my score up that much. I know mean, it was truly unique. It just felt effortless. Now what's the, like, take us through like the swing difference of like an older Satori versus a Kohler that fits you. What, what, that what is the difference like swing wise and feel wise? So, I mean, the Browning is for me, it's a, it's a very short light gun. 
So, I mean, you can whip it like, like crazy. It's like uncontrollable, but with the Kohler, it's much heavier and it's bigger. And, but there's the way it balances and the way it, I mean, it's able to fit in your hand. It has a pistol grip, uh, stock. So, I mean, it's just, it's more controllable. It's heavier. So it doesn't really feel that much of a difference. It's just, I mean, it's, you're able to shoot much easier, just so effortlessly. Um, What's the weight of a Kohler? Is it is it nine pounds or is it ten pounds? I think it's like nine pounds. Yeah, and I know they're a little bit heavier, but not quite as heavy as like a a sights or something. Yeah, they're good guns though. I shot one for a little bit. Now I know you, I know you bounced around. You had your Kohler, then you were shooting a sights for a little bit. I think you were shooting a Blazer too at some point. So at college, yes, I, my, uh, my stock cracked, um, when I was at college, so that kind of was a setback. Um, and then I was able to, uh, borrow my buddies, uh, Blazer, uh, for most of the time. And I shot that thing pretty well. Um, it's just, it's just nothing to what my Kohler was. I just wasn't used to it. Um, so I, I was shooting subpar scores and then my, my good buddy, Chris Vandal, uh, I can't, I can't thank him enough. Just generously shipped me out of sights to, uh, to shoot trap singles with and i mean i i rolled targets harder about thing than any other gun i mean it's it's built like a tank and it's just i mean it's just so satisfying to shoot one of those guns so give a little comparison because obviously i have the sights i have a blazer the blazer in my opinion probably swung faster than the kohler it's it's a light it's a lot lighter gun Probably a little bit more whippy, right? So I didn't shoot the unsingle on the blazer. I shot the over under. Yep. And it, it felt a little bit more front heavy than my Kohler. Um, I just, I just think that because my, the wood is lighter in my Kohler. And so I'm just able to whip to that thing left and right, no problem. Um, the blazer, the triggers are very fast and precise in the blazer. Um, that was the one plus I like with that gun. And same with the same thing with the sights. I mean, the sights trigger is like a rifle trigger. I mean, as soon as you pull that trigger, I mean, the shot, it's already out in the barrel. I mean, it's, it's lightning quick, but shooting the, uh, shooting the sights, uh, it's, it's a different, it's a different gun. I mean, it's, it's different to hold in my hand. I mean, it's, it's a completely different mechanism. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, I mean, it's, like I said, it's a beautiful gun to shoot, but it's completely different. Yep. Um, so you said your stock cracked, uh, how long were you, were you, de- were you, done with the Kohler then it was I'm assuming that we had to ship it back get it fixed so how long did that kind of process take so I had my gun uh tied up at winning uh for like four months before I got it back okay so so you so with the stock cracked was it able to it was not able to be fixed so it was somewhat able to be fixed but it was to the point where it cracked bad enough for like I didn't think it would be even be able to be like shootable I mean, they fixed it to the point where, I mean, it looked like it was, did before, but I had it uh, duplicated at Wenig. Kohler was able to uh, fix it, um, but I only put, probably, I would say, 1,000 rounds through at Nationals. That's the last time I shot with that stock on. Gotcha. So how did it crack? Was there was it, was it accident-related? Yeah. Yeah, I felt the range. <laughs> So what did you trip over something, or you just trip over your? Yeah, old it was like, it was like one of the curbs, and I I don't I don't know how I didn't break my ankle, but my ankle was the size of a softball. 
and the gun just went flying. Yeah. That, that must have sucked. Yep. I hope it still shoots straight. It's probably my scores are down. <laughs> might might want to check that. Yeah. Um what is your what is your setup currently as far as point of impact? Uh we've already kind of touched on chokes. Uh what chokes are you using for doubles? So my, my point of impact, my on single, I believe it shoots somewhere around 80 20. I do not like a high shooting gun. Um, I'm, it's just something I'm not used to coming from a Browning. Uh, it's just it's just more of like my reflexes and stuff. I'm just able to somewhat cover the target. Um, I don't need to see a space between the bead and the bird. Uh, so I shoot somewhat of a 70-30, 80-20. Um, and that's, I feel like that's really all you need. And then I shoot the uh, the modified choke for singles, the, uh, the light full for handicap and for doubles. Uh, I actually don't know what it patterns at. I kind of just pulled it out and just shot it, got used to it, shoot good here and there, but I feel like it's a good idea that I should be able to do that. That way I know where it's actually shooting. Yeah. Um, I shoot a, a, a light mod on the bottom and a mod on the top. Although I have been messing around with mod on the bottom and I mod on the top. Yeah. Hey, try that light fool on the, on the top. Yeah, I don't know. It's too tight for me. I, I don't know if I could be able to handle that. I'm not that good yet. Uh, what, uh, what's your ammo preferences then? Are you shooting the same shell for both shots? So, um, my first year I've kind of been just shooting whatever. My second year I shot strictly double A's. Uh, this year I kind of just, I uh, shot the rest of my double A's up probably halfway through the year. Uh, I shot a bunch of shooting dynamics, um, for singles and doubles, uh, top guns I like. Um, but I'll never, I mean, I strictly only shoot double A supers from the fence. Yeah. That's only a shot I'll probably shoot. Now, can you kind of touch on your thoughts shooting a premium shell for handicap, um, versus, you know, maybe some of the the cheaper shells and like how it affects your mindset? (sighs) So the premium shell for me, like a double A super handicap, like a Nitro 27, um, it's just the way that they're able to break the target downrange. Um, being able to somewhat roll a target down there from the fence, I mean, it is, I mean, it's, it boosts your mind mentally and it keeps you want to keep doing that over and over again. If I shoot like a cheaper shell, if I just see chunk after chunk after chunk, I mean, it's just going to lead you to just a miss because you're just going to, you're not staying consistent. You're going to keep trying to move your gun differently in order to try and find that smoke spot, but you're not going to smoke it at all. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So that's why I kind of just stick with the, uh, the super handicaps that are reliable. Um, and they're not, for me, they don't kick that hard. I mean, I've shot the diamond grades too during the Cardinal Classic this year and I broke like a 95, I wanted an event out there with a 99, 97, another 95, 93. So I shot mid the high 90s at the Carmel Classic with the, uh, the diamond grades, and I'm, I'm really pleased with them. But in terms of the diamond grades and the, uh, the supers, yeah, it's not worth the extra money. Yeah, I, I've actually um, read on the internet, I think, that the shot hardness from the diamond grades to the regular hand is really like nothing. I mean, it's a yeah. Dollar. They say it's they say the regular super handicaps like a six percent antimony, and like the uh, the diamond grades are like an eight percent. But I mean, 
they roll the targets the same to me. I mean, this, the diamond grades are a little bit less felt recoil. I heard a lot of people say that. Um, but I mean, the extra like 20 bucks a flat. Yeah. That adds up. No, no point. Yeah. That, yeah. They get, I mean, when a, when a regular super handicaps, what, a hundred and 120 bucks a flat or something. Yeah, hundred ten, hundred twenty yeah. versus like hundred and thirty five or so, hundred and forty. It's like, yeah. hey, like that's that's a little rough. <laughs> yep. Now, where are you holding and looking for each discipline? So for singles, I I hold relatively high. I mean, I'm pretty tall. I usually hold level, kind of just with with me. Um, I kind of just just keep my eyes below the gun though, and just watch the target come up and just yeah. follow through to the target. Um, for handicap this year, I kind of moved my gun a little bit lower. I'd say I'm probably shooting, I probably hold like six inches to a foot above the house. Um, just to be able to pick the target up quicker. Um, but although it depends like what, I mean, what range I'm at, to be honest with you, I kind of mixed around a little bit. I mean, cause Kentucky, they had like a little bit higher target. Like coming out of the house, it seemed like they had more face. So it appears to come out faster and higher to me. Um, same thing with Michigan. Yeah, the targets are a little bit lower there too. I think that the the trap houses. We're at at Kentucky. Uh, there's yeah, there's somewhat lower, but it's it just different from me to PA. I've shot PA several several yeah. times, and they're just flat razor blades. So I mean, I mean, I just have to hold like really low to actually like watch them come out of the house. Other than that, I'm holding like probably like a foot above the house in caps. Doubles, I'm holding pretty high on that first shot, but I'm I'm still working on those. Um, it's for doubles, it's just repetition, I believe. And it's, I mean, it's, a something that you need to just practice a lot. Um, I kind of like get to the point where I just start thinking about it. Just seeing pull and the target comes out and I say, pull the target doesn't come out and I still fire. Uh, I'm still, mm -hmm. I'm still on that struggle to where I, I, I'm not like, I'm reckless, but I'm not controlled. If you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's, I'm still trying to like get that down pat in doubles. So that's all I think really holding me back. Yeah. Do you have any doubles tips? Um, your first year you had an 83% average. Second year you, you bumped it up to 90. So 7% mm -hmm. you take up, that, that's pretty good. And then last year you were at 92. So another 2%. Um, what have you kind of learned from the time that you, when you started shooting doubles to today? Um, just be able to hold a consistent rhythm. Uh, usually like when I would get, I mean, I still do it when you get into like a swing, like if you're just pounding targets, you kind of just try to like speed up. Uh, that's something that I've, I still do. And I, I need to stop, but it's just when you start pounding targets over and over again, you're in that rhythm, it kind of just goes faster and faster and faster for you. Um, so finding a way in order to slow down is, is key to having a good double score. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just really just being able to move your gun, I mean, to the second target with your eyes already locked on the target. Um, cause if you can't see a target, you're not breaking it. So, I mean, that's, that's the one thing to do is just get a proper movement from your first shot to your second shot. I do a little bit of like that dip move, like that kind of just dip down after the first target. Uh, it's, it's not exaggerated a lot. But I kind of do a little bit of dip and get my eyes up and ready and just kind of bring the gun up and just pull the trigger. So you just kind of go under the target and back up into it instead of going like straight across. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I like to go straight across, and that's how I shoot over it all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. um, do you want to give a little bit of a recap of the 2023 season? Uh, maybe some highlights uh, where you went, and then obviously ended up with the Grand and uh, the Cardinal Classic. So 2023 was a good year for me. I mean, singles was a little rough, handicap. I, I really, it was my first like somewhat decent year at the 27 uh, and doubles. I'm trying to get up. My goal is to make the, uh, the double A, 27 double A this year, but that came short in the doubles. Missed it by um, like 0.68. Yeah. So I kind of hurt a little bit. And then, uh, but yeah, I started off the Great Lakes grade up in Michigan. Yeah, won like eight trophies up there. Um, and I brought it back down to PA and stuff. I shot PA State. Um, I skipped the uh, the Ohio State this year. I skipped New York State. I shot the PA Grand. I shot Kentucky. Kentucky was a fun shoot. Uh, big competition down there, but I'd, I'd like to go back to Kentucky. I had a blast down there. Um, but back to Michigan. Michigan was fun as well. They held a good, they held a good shoot down there. Um yeah, the grand was good for me this year. Uh, had a one ninety nine clay target. I missed my third bird out on the second hundred. Oh, um, but yeah, I mean, and I shot good catch past uh, the three weeks in uh, August. There, I mean, other than the Grand American handicap, other than that, mid to high nineties. So I really got together there. Yeah, you were rolling. Um, at the grand, you shot. Let's see, ninety three. Couple ninety sevens, ninety four, ninety six, ninety five, ninety two, another ninety seven, and then at the Cardinal Classic, ninety five, ninety three, ninety nine, ninety three, ninety seven, ninety five. I'd say that's that's yeah. rocking and rolling pretty good in handicap. Yeah, I, I'm starting to like it more now. That I'm, I mean, I don't want to jinx myself, but it's I'm, it feels great to start being comfortable in your shooting abilities and shooting good cap scores. Yeah, I mean, getting comfortable at the twenty seven. Uh, 92% average on the year, but that's a solid, that's a really good average for a handicap. Um, I, I would say you're, you're definitely on the right path there. Yeah. It's, it's just so surreal just being there so fast. I mean, it was just hard to adjust at first, but hopefully getting these next few years and I get, I hope to see an increase. I'm trying to get to that 95% ish area. Trying to get up in the, the Keith Ditto area. Yeah, I might be hard on the East Coast. I definitely wouldn't be shooting PA or New York again, but I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to be there someday. I'd like to be that Triple A 27, Triple A. Now, if you can hold a 95% average while shooting in PA in New York on a regular basis, that'd be, that'd be impressive. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody did it last year. I know Ian Derrick, I think he won the, uh, the high average for handicap, like a 94 4 or something like that. Um, and he's a phenomenal handicap shooter. Same with uh, Chris Vandal. He wasn't too far behind. Yeah, my my first shoot back after my 11-year break was at the Ohio State shoot. Uh, I think, yeah, Ohio State shoot. And that's when Ian broke his 100. I was I was on his squad. <laughs> my, that was my, very, my very first shoot back, and the guy to the – I'm on post two. He's on post one. And he just runs a hundred in front of me. I'm just like, <laughs> he's an animal. Um, where's your favorite place to shoot? Ooh, the most, the most fun at a shoot I had is in Florida for sure. I had, I just, 
I mean, the targets are iffy there, but I just had a blast there. I mean, there's just so much you can do. Uh, a bunch of good people come down there to shoot. It's really just a good time to enjoy while it's cold up here in the north. But best targets-wise, the best place I'd probably like to shoot, probably the Grand, probably Sparta so far. Yeah. So shooting down in, shooting down in Florida, do you typically go down for like the Florida State or the Southern Grand or... Do you have plans to maybe this year? So I I don't plan on going back to Florida anytime soon. But the the time I went, I stayed for the uh, the Southern Grand and the State shoot. Yeah, I'm sure that was a blast. There a lot of people shoot and they go fishing or you know whatever. There's a ton of stuff to do down there. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do any fishing and stuff, but I, I just had a bunch of friends come down. I mean, it's it's nice and warm out while it's cold up north. And I was down there for two weeks, and I mean, it was just, it was a good time. And the scores were all right. I mean, but it's it's not I can complain about. I just like having a good time now out there. Now, every, everybody says you don't go to floor, you don't go to the dollar to increase your average. Oh, without a doubt, you don't. <laughs> no. Now, do you have any different shoots or a, a shoot that maybe you haven't been to before on your schedule? or calendar for this shooting target year? So I don't know. I, with, with work in the way and stuff, I think I'm going to be slowing down a bit. Um, I really wasn't even trying for All-American last year. I kind of just wanted to do like my seven shoots. I wasn't even supposed to shoot the Cardinal Classic. I just figured might as well on the way home. Um, but I'm going to be slowing down here shortly, and uh, I mean, it's just getting too expensive for me being able to afford it by myself. So... Um, I'm probably gonna stick to um the PA state shoot I gotta do for sure. Um, I want to head back up to Michigan at the beginning of the year. That's always a fun one. Uh, but I'll probably do the uh the Grand again, Cardinal Classic. I always like that that three week stretch there, and then obviously our zone shoot. Um, but other than that, I mean that's probably it so far. If something comes up and if I'm free, I might pop out. But yeah, I can't. I can't go place it anymore i'm I'm growing up now so yeah, it sucks to get old doesn't it yeah but there's uh, places i like to go like um i always like to go to the spanish fork out there uh everybody i guess hurt i i heard everybody breaks their 27 from the or hunter from the 27 out there um vernal vernal's always a good shoe i heard they do that good out there uh heartland grand i heard dale runs an amazing uh good job out there uh good well uh run shoe and I do want to make it to the Autumn Grand at some point down there in Tucson. Just just tell the casino just to give you a good solid three months off yeah, with pay. Three months with pay. Yeah. And then you'll be back, you know, around September. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> three month vacation. Yeah, that's fine. Just pay just pay me. I'll be gone, but I'll 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 come back. The owner's only a billionaire, it's fine. Yeah, tell them to sponsor you. You can wear <laughs> You can wear a casino t-shirt or whatever. Oh boy, my security outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you have a funny memory while traveling or while at a shoot? Oh boy. Um, I don't know. I do a lot of crazy shit. Uh, I do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, on the line this year, I kind of, I ran a hundred in Kentucky with a Burger King crown on. Uh, I also, oh yeah, I remember seeing a picture or something about that. Yeah, I, I ran, I also ran a hundred 
with a pink cowboy hat on in PA. Um, I, I've shot, I mean, I, I won my shoot off at the Cardinal Classic this year. The 99, I was shooting uh, against Dave. Me and Dave wore, uh, wore our, umbrella, our umbrella hats. Um, so I kind of just wear a stupid hat here and there. And I mean, that's funny. I mean, I'm, I like to have fun now. I mean, it's just, I'd like to have a good time. I kind of don't like the scores bother me anymore. Oh yeah. I mean, Hey, if you can run a hundred with a pink cowboy hat on, I think you can wear anything. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should try some pink cowboy boots. Oh boy. That's what I might be reaching, but I don't know. I might have to give it a shot. <laughs> My daughter just got a pair of those, uh, this evening. So she's going to, she's going to rock them to school. I think. I don't know. If they're a size 14, I might slide them up my way, but I don't know. <laughs> I think they me. might be a size like three or something <laughs> if you could squeeze your big toe in. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, do you have any mentors or have you taken lessons from anyone? So I haven't taken a single lesson. It's kind of just been self-taught. Um, but the most influential person I can think of that comes to mind is definitely Chris Vendel. He's been there every step of the way whether my gun breaks down um just pointers here and there and he, i mean i can't ask for a better mentor i mean he's all he's just there every step and i can't thank him enough so uh do you have any superstitions when you're shooting um not really i, I just go out there see the target pull the trigger boom i don't like to get too much in my head I mean, you don't um, have you don't have to shake the boxes to wake them up, like Schaefer. I or... do it here and there, just in case. <laughs> if I just, I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't make a difference, no. But it, I guess it makes a difference in your head. Um, but I don't. Ha I mean, sometimes I'll do like the uh, the double A's, put W I N on the top. Uh, but it's not on a consistent basis. I mean, I don't like to do an extra step. In my yeah. routine. Um, last question here, go ahead and give a shout out to anyone that you'd like sponsors or friends or anyone you'd want to. Uh, I got to thank my biggest sponsor right now. It's just definitely my parents. Um, they, they paid for everything, uh, last year for me to be able to shoot. And, uh, and Chris and Kelly, I uh, can't thank them enough. I just thank the people at my local gun clubs and the club, gun club, even down here in the outer banks, they they warm. They welcome me uh, when I come down here by the Outer Banks Gun Club, and I like to thank all the people at Halstead and Silver Lake and everybody up in the uh, Central New York. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your little vacation down there, and thank you for joining us. And best of luck uh, this twenty twenty four target year. Before we close it out for the week, I want to thank my sponsors for supporting me here, Fioki Ammunition. Do yourself a favor and try some Shooting Dynamics or White Rhinos. Some of the best shooters in the game today shoot Fioki. Everybody's favorite gun dealer, Michael Gooch with the Indiana Gun Club. Stop in and check out his inventory at a shoot. Michael travels all over the Midwest and East Coast while providing top-notch service. AJ Supplies, they've been with us since day one. Be sure to reach out to AJ Supplies for all your reloading needs by calling 419-583-7133. Diamond 8 Leather. Randall creates quality leather gear for shooting enthusiasts. Visit d8leather.com for samples of his craftsmanship. Chet Herod with Herod Insurance. They've been servicing Ohio for three generations. Chet can be reached at 419-303-2218 or visit herodinsurance.com. 
Shamrock Sporting Arms. Jonathan travels all over the Northeast providing shooters with Pila glasses, Craigoff accessories, and ammunition. Visit shamrocksportingarms.com for more info. Ezoc CLP and Gun Care Solution providing the best cleaning, dry lubrication, long-lasting corrosion protection, and leaves your shotgun looking brand new. Visit ezox.com for more info. Last but certainly not least, visit trapshootersunited.com. Orders here help support the show. I have Pila and Ranger shooting glasses, Trap Shooters United shirts, hats, visors. Go ahead and get your swag on for the next shoot. I also have a shooting journal that can be purchased on Amazon. This is a low-cost but extremely beneficial tool that's great for all competitive shooters, regardless of discipline. Keep notes from each shoot ranging from a practice session to the world championships. That's a wrap on this episode of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Thank you all for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. See you all out on the trap line.